You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and the skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to The Boutique with Collective 54, a podcast for founders and leaders of boutique professional services firms. For those that don't know us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community to help you grow, scale, and exit your firm bigger and faster. My name's Greg Alexander, I'm the founder, and I'll be your host today. And on this episode, we're gonna talk about how a founder slash CEO owner replicates him or herself in his team so that they can scale. And joining me is one of our members, Mark Beatty. Did I say that correctly, Mark Beatty? It is, Greg. Okay, very good. I second guess myself there for a moment. <laughs> um, so, Mark, if you wouldn't mind, give the audience a proper introduction. Yeah, so uh, currently I run a uh, market research firm. Uh, so uh, what that means basically is that we focus on sizing markets, forecasting markets, specifically in the enterprise communication space. All the stuff that you're familiar with, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, things like that. And uh, my, my background is is coming from uh, from tech. Basically, uh, I spent a, a bunch of years up in the, the Boston 128 area in the late 1980s and then the 1990s uh, out in San Jose. So this is going to sound familiar to you. Park your car and Harvard Yacht. <laughs> I grew up in Peabody, Massachusetts, so you probably yeah. have heard a lot, lots of guys with my accent. You, you know it well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let, let's let this up a bit. So many times professional services organizations don't scale as well as they could because there's a bottleneck. And the bottleneck sits with the leader of the organization. He or she feels as if they have to be in every meeting and do everything themselves, or it won't get done right, there'll be mistakes, uh, et cetera. And at some point, scaling, or, or scaling an organization is just too much work for one person. So this knowledge and skill that the leader has has to be replicated in other people in order for the organization to scale. And it's not an easy thing to do. It sounds easy, but it's not an easy thing to do. But And if it's not done, then the, the firm is going to scale as much as the leader's going to scale. And eventually, that's it's not going to scale at all because it's only 24 hours in a day and it's one person. So that's what we're going to dis- discuss today, this concept of replication. So, so Mark, let's start off with maybe just an explanation around this issue from your perspective. Have, have you run into this issue before? And what are your general thoughts about it? Well, I think for many professional services for, firms, and then specifically for ours, uh, it's an overwhelming issue. Yeah. Um, it's overwhelming from the standpoint that quite frequently uh, you found the for- firm based on uh, who you know, your expertise, and they know you and they trust you as an example. And then when you go out to solicit business, it's you out there, so to speak, uh, that they're buying, at least initially. Yep. And, uh, you know, then uh, trying to replicate that that uh, that reputation, trust, and quality becomes a challenge when you take on people who you don't know. And that's that's the, from my perspective, that's the only way you can scale. You run out of people you know pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and then you have to uh, start sourcing uh, other people into the organization. And that, that process of, you know, qualifying them, uh, training them, and then subsequently trusting them uh, just becomes a, uh, a, a constant issue. Yeah. You know, one of the solutions to this problem is this concept of employee certification, which is a big topic. I'll do my best to summarize it. 
Basically, what the goal there is to certify an employee that they have two things. They have the knowledge and the skill to be successful. And let me distinguish between those two. So knowledge is knowledge of my domain. So for example, if I'm in accounting, you know, I understand the, uh, the gap requirements on, on accounting, generally accepted accounting principles. That's knowledge. A skill is something different, which is, let's say I'm a consultant and I need to be able to interview an executive. Well, there's a skill in doing that. You know, how do you open the interview? You know, how do you not lead the witness? How do you summarize your interview notes? That's a skill. And they're two different things. And breaking down the requirements of a job, like in Mark's case, market research and everything that that might mean, into knowledge and skills and certifying others is one way to solve that particular problem. It can be a lot of work, and if it doesn't go right, it can be dangerous. But if it does work, it can liberate the firm and allow them to reach uh, new heights. Mark, have you experimented with this concept of employee certification at all? I wouldn't say certification. You know, we have a process uh, in which we keep on refining over time. And uh, the concern that we have is that other firms, much larger firms than ours, uh, will typically hire uh, students right out of graduate school, mm. and then they'll train them. They'll run them through that program that you're referring to. And we've taken alternative route whereby uh, we take product managers in the industry and we pivot their careers to becoming an analyst, which means that in, in your frame of reference, uh, they have uh, knowledge, but they don't have skill. Mm. I mean, they have industry knowledge, they have product knowledge, technology knowledge, competitor knowledge, but what they don't have is they don't have the skill to write and execute uh, products associated that we're delivering with the clients, meaning market intelligence reports and then custom research. So that's an interesting take. Um, I can see why you would do that, especially in the context of what your competitors do, doing something different. So then it sounds like they, they walk through the front door with the knowledge and then you teach them the skill? Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. And it's a combination. It's, 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 it sounds strange, but it's a community effort as far as teaching the skill. And so what happens is, is when a, when a new product manager comes into our firm, uh, there's a, a group of other analysts that join alongside and want that person to be successful. And you can see it on the, on the messaging, on the team's application, as an example, where they're always sharing best practices, as an example. And then what happens is, depending on where they come, for about six months or so, they're always paired hip to hip with somebody else in all of their briefings and every single piece of work that they do. Um, and so what happens is, you know, we've got uh, programs and processes and then we've got templates. There's places that they can go. They don't start from the beginning at all, but still it's, it's a whole new career. It's a whole new skill for them. Yeah. Sometimes when I have this conversation with folks like yourself, they say, they, they issue an objection to me and it's some version of, Greg, I can do this myself. I can do it fast, it's free, and I know I'm gonna get it right the first time. So why would I pay somebody to do what I can do? It's gonna take them forever to do it, and it's probably not gonna be high quality, I'm gonna have to micromanage them anyways. What do you say to that? Well, there's been a lot of work out there. So it's, it's tough to say no to a job just because, you know, you can't do it as an example. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, it's much more fun to work with a larger group of people. So unless you're willing to kind of give something up, uh, you're going to end up working by yourself or with a, a limited number of people. So I actually view it in a strange angle. I enjoy uh, the, the community. Um, I don't want to work by myself. Uh, and as a matter of fact, you know, if I was to work on a, a project for a client, as an example, I almost, grab, almost always grab somebody and bring them along. I'm not trying to do it by myself. I will tell you there is that concept of, um, 
you know, uh, it's got to be to the standard as an example. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, there's a peer review for everything that goes out of out of our organization, whether that's somebody else or that's me as an example. And so I, re, you know, I continue to remain in the, the loop from the standpoint of, you know, stepping in and, and monitoring the work as an example. And it's hard sometimes you have to push back on somebody who wants to move forward and say, you're not quite ready or you don't have it yet as an example, or you have to be super aggressive when you're, you're editing an output that they have. Yeah. So I, I agree. I love the community aspect. In fact, Collective 54 is a, that's what it is. It's a community. And I think human beings were social animals and we get more fulfillment and job satisfaction when we work in teams for sure. Plus we can just do a lot more to your earlier point. You know, you don't want to walk away from work because you don't have enough capable people to do the job. I love the concept of, of the peer review. I want to I want to pick on that a little bit because I've never I've never heard that applied to this situation of replication. So, as if I am a four year old, explain it to me very simply. <laughs> sure. So there's there's two primary products that we put out, and one is uh, syndicated market intelligence, basically uh, uh, reports that you you build once, sell many. As an example, you 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 you. you you put out a market sizing and forecast or a state of the market report or a landscape report of what's going on in the industry, as an example. And then uh, many clients subscribe to a service that continue to re- receive those reports. It's almost always, each individual report is almost led by a single analyst, meaning they'll do all the research around the report and then they'll write that report, as an example. That report can't be published on our content publishing portal until another analyst peer reviews that and says, did you think about this? Or, you know, all the questions that you'd expect, you know, uh, well, I didn't see that in the report. That that sounds like an assumption and not data as an example. And then there's grammatical structure. And a lot of times what happens is you'll see the analyst pushing it out to a copyright editor because they don't want to get beat up by a peer as an example. So they push it out to a copyright editor for, for the grammar and the spelling first and the structure and the narrative. And then what happens is the peer review comes in and beats them up from the standpoint of, you know, is this clear thinking? You know, is this, this narrative doesn't seem to connect to this other piece as an example. There's a second piece of work that we do, which is custom research. Think about things like a market entry analysis. Uh, a client has a, a, a hypothesis of a new product they want to put out, as an example. The same thing. Usually, one to two analysts will work on that, but the deliverable, which is often you know a presentation plus a PowerPoint presentation, or uh, uh, as an example, a market sizing and forecast opportunity analysis. None of that goes out until one of their other analysts uh, peer reviews that. And once again, goes that exact same process. You know, are you thinking clearly and have you, uh, have you put forward a, a, um, a distinct message that, that holds value as well? It, it's a great, great idea. I, I wasn't anticipating stumbling on this, but I'm fascinated by it. What I love about it, I'm always thinking about how our members, you in this case, can scale. And if you have to review every piece of work yourself before it goes out the door, that's a, a limiting factor. It sounds like you've you've been able to push that down to the peers, which means you don't have to do it all yourself. You have help. And what I love about that is the peers are probably, I don't want to say better than you at doing it, but it's maybe their critique is more appropriate because it's peer-to-peer. I mean, I, I know myself, I learn a lot more from my peers than I do from people who aren't my peers. Um, my tactical question to you would be is what's in it for the peer? So if I'm the person who has to do the review, yeah, I'm yeah. busy. I got a lot of work to do. Why would I take the time to do this? I thought you were going to go there. So <laughs> on, uh, on market intelligence, so each of the analysts has about 10 to 12 reports that they have to publish each year. And uh, so therefore, 
uh, they're looking for peer reviewers. So there's there's a requirement of every single analyst that they have to peer review 10 to 12 pieces from other people every single year, mm-hmm. meaning that I won't get my publication schedule out unless I get help from others mm-hmm. and I won't and others won't get theirs out unless I help them. So that's Beautiful. that's the incentive there. And then on the uh, custom research, that's uh, a separate, so to speak, pay schedules uh, versus the, the compensation that you make on the um, syndicated research. And the, the, the client, it might be a $50,000, $100,000 project as an example. And so the lead analyst needs to peel off money for the peer review. So you're being paid dollars, pretty significant dollars to, to peer review that. That's interesting. Wow. So there's actually monetary compensation tied to it in that particular case. That's brilliant. That's a, that's a very, very wise way to do that. I want to go back to one thing, and this will be the last thing we'll talk about today, but the one thing you mentioned earlier is a new analyst comes in, and for six months, it sounds like they're being incubated in some capacity. When do you know, and how do you know, that it's time for that analyst to be let loose, take the training wheels off, and get going? There's a couple of leading indicators. One is uh, one of the things that we focus on is uh, when we're with clients, uh, whether it's a briefing or it's a client engagement, as an example, uh, on the topic that we're talking about that we you know we should know about and that we've often been hired to to cover, we should be the smartest person that we're in the room. Mm. And um, I can tell pretty quickly if somebody has a command of their uh, their domain. It's, it's pretty easy. You know, they, they either know it or they don't know it. And a lot of it is that concept of I've, I've briefed with, you know, 50, 100 companies, and I've come to my own belief structure about this, as an example. I've got enough data right now that I'm not buying the marketing angle at all. So when the product marketing manager comes on and says this, I'm not quite sure I believe that because I've heard this from 20 other companies, as an example. But here's what I do believe. So it doesn't have to be critically you know, mean or bad, but it has to be critically reviewed, as an example, as far as my knowledge base. So that's that concept of what they know comes out pretty quickly. I just spent a, a week with a brand new analyst, uh, which I normally would do in Santa Barbara at a client event. Uh, and uh, it was, it's becoming clear to me that they're in their seventh, eighth month. They're, they're really, they've got their own domain right now. Now, the second piece of that is, is, do they, that's knowledge, you know, and, and then the other one is, is the skill. Can they execute that to a product that our clients want to consume as an example? And, and that's just through the peer review process. I'll, I'll get, so we have a research, uh, we have evaluation lab out in Ohio as an example. And even my researcher will come along and say, you know, uh, we, I just did a, an evaluation with this other analyst and I, I had to raise some flags here because he's concerned about the quality of the product that he's putting out as an example. Mm. And so what happens is it's not as though they're telling on, on one another, but they're saying is, is maybe this person needs someone to come alongside of them as an example. And I get that all the time. Uh, and I think other analysts get that as well. Can you help this person, et cetera? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's that's, that's a, a very you know healthy organization that they're able to come up and say that and then subsequently do that. Listen, this was fantastic. I mean, this is new knowledge for our community. Um, the peer review idea is a brilliant scaling tactic. And I encourage everybody that's listening to this to uh, try to implement some version of it. Mark, if they have questions about how to do this, what's the easiest way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, just uh, my email address, uh, M-B-E-A-T-T-I-E at Waynehouse, W-A-I-N-H-O-U-S-E dot com. Okay, perfect. And I'd ask the membership not to abuse that. Appreciate you sharing that to all of us. And and uh, hopefully the, the group will, will get in touch with you and try to implement this. Okay, so um, for those that are listening, if you're interested in this topic or others like it, um, pick up a copy of the book, The Boutique, 
how to start, scale, and sell a professional services firm. You can find it on Amazon. I'm happy to report it just became a bestseller in our little niche. And uh, if you want to meet brilliant people like Mark, consider joining our community. And you can reach, you can find us at collective54.com. And Mark, on behalf of the members, just a big thanks for your contribution that you made today. You made a deposit in the Knowledge Bank. I learned something, and uh, we're lucky to have you. So thanks again. 